Switched on on F104 and once again I am joined by the founder of Orb Media, Kira Sheehan. Hello. Hi Louise, how are you? Very good. Thanks once again for joining us. So you're here again to chat to us about the metaverse and good old Elon Musk pops up again. Yeah, Elon Musk has, um, has been in, the, in my news feed this week, um, even though my news feed is the rabbit hole Web3 news feed, mm-hmm. I won't lie. <laughs> um, because of the amount of stories that have come out about chat GPT and its evolution into our daily lives this week. People are worried so, about it. People are worried about it and I can see why because it has the power to take a lot of human content creation and to replicate that in a way that has implications for disinformation, for people's jobs being made redundant, for um, things like phishing, uh, fraud scams, as well as making a lot of content creation a lot easier to do mm-hmm. and making a lot more resources available to people who wouldn't necessarily have the funding to have those in a professional sense. Mm-hmm. So there's two sides to the coin. There's the good side where it's, you know, a massive amount of human artificial intelligence will be available for everybody to use. And then the other side is that the dark side of human nature will also be enhanced by the level of information that's available for everybody to use. Obviously, I was aware of ChatGPT and I knew that it was out since November last year and that it had massive, massive amount of um, downloads. And it turned out, I did some research, that there was 100 million users on board in less than two weeks or two months, um, which is a, a record for any computer program or app in the consumer section. So I kind of had seen the stuff about Harvard lecturers and Ivy League um, academics saying that it had the potential to create exam papers that, you know, and essays and parts of qualifications where the student didn't actually do the work. They just got chat GPT to do the work for them. We knew it was out there and we knew that it was gathering momentum. And then it was released into the market. And then, you know, it was valued at 29 billion after Microsoft engaged with it and put, I think it was 10 10 billion into it. Mm -hmm. So anyway, it was out there and it was a monster and it was growing um, at an exponential rate. So everybody was aware of it and there's lots of conversations in industry and commerce in uh, the creative sector. And then last week, it came out, I think it was Thursday, last Thursday, that a letter had been written, an open letter had been written, signed by Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple. And most of the tech and industry uh, leading thinkers and innovators and people like diplomats, diplomats, politicians, professionals, academics, you know, people who would have been involved in life changing tech across all sectors, calling for an immediate pause for at least six months for the training of AI systems that are more powerful than chat GPT-4. So they wanted all the labs that are working on different apps to stop for six months because of the risk that it poses to the human race. What are these apps? And it was so they could be a thing like you like you can create code, you can create images, mm-hmm. um, you can create any kind of content. If you start using the word prompt in some of the apps, like I downloaded an app to help me create photoshopped images for Instagram, mm-hmm. so I don't have to Photoshop them. So if I want, if I say uh, prompt, make me an image of the Eiffel Tower with an Irish flag, it will create that image. 
Wow. Um, if I say, prompt, take this piece of video and use the voice of Bill Clinton. It will it will find the voice of Bill Clinton and it will it will insert that. So when you consider it in that at that scale, there is a big threat to things like disinformation, deep fake content, um, elections that are coming up. People's perception that the language that ChatGPT uses is real and is authentic and no background information on where the scrape, the data scrape is coming from mm. is ChatGPT taking its information from pre-existing disinformation. Okay. So I know that's a long sentence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and the implications are massive. So when this letter came out, I was really, really taken aback by it. And it read, you know, for the best intentions and for tech for good. And some of the wording that they used was was quite nice and quite warm. And it, it was like, um, should we let machines flood our information channels with propaganda and untruths? Should we automate away all of the jobs, including the fulfilling ones? Should we develop non-human minds that might eventually outnumber, outsmart, obsolete and replace us? Should we risk loss of control of our civilization? Which I considered to be fairly mind-blowing. And when I spoke to my peers about it and I looked at the, the conversation around it online, you know, lots of people were concerned and the fact that Steve Wozniak signed us. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of the some of the speeches from The Great Dictator, that movie from years ago. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who hasn't seen it, Paolo Natini recorded an album called Iron Sky and on the song Iron Sky, he has a clip of that speech, which is really powerful and the way he produced it. So anyway, Paolo Natini aside, Elon Musk and the crew of the Leading Hearts and Minds in Academia academia AI deep tech they wrote this letter which is now up to I think about five and a half thousand signatures it was a thousand at the end of last week so there's no word on whether or not it has been paused so then I started to do a bit more information digging and it turned out that ChatGPT was a non-for-profit app or platform from the very beginning and Elon Musk and the guy who founded LinkedIn decided to invest in it in 2015 and they invested one billion but then there was an argument in 2018 and there was a split because Elon couldn't get control of it. And then it went on in 2019 to become a for-profit platform. Mm. The guy who founded it was is, an, is a genius and he's only 37. He is a tech for good genius. Now, he's made loads of money by investing in other apps and he's involved in Silicon Valley, in the accelerators in Silicon Valley. So... I thought it was interesting that Elon had a finger in the pie mm-hmm. and then decided to walk away from the pie because he wasn't allowed to lick the finger he had in the pie. And then we find out that he's written this letter. He signed this letter in a tech for good type of um, context. Mm-hmm. He's also fired a lot of people mm-hmm. who do jobs that he doesn't think the company needs or which can be automated. Wow. So that was all kind of um, episodes two, three and four of ChatGPT last week. And then there was noises about data protection, protecting children, data consent in Europe because ChatGPT is not regulated from any one central point. Mm -hmm. And then the Italian government banned the use of ChatGPT in Italy over data privacy concerns. Do you think that's likely to spread further than just Italy? 
Um, I think that there will definitely be those conversations. Whether it's banned or not, I don't know. And behind all of these kind of moves that take place, you have to think critically and remember the political backdrop, the, how do I put it, the conversations that are taking place, what the general discourse is, socially and politically, in the in different countries and how mm-hmm. they might react to mm-hmm. chat GPT. It's very interesting because I was reading as well that Ed Sheeran has actually included it on his album as well. He used it to write one of his songs. So it's interesting how there's kind of two sides to this story and it's either people are still wanting to use it and embrace it and others are kind of scared of what it will do next. Well, I did notice that the Irish um, Data Protection Commissioner said that they were following up with the Italian regulator. And they would coordinate with all the EU data protection authorities in relation to the matter. So you might have Ed Sheeran on one side mm. who writes harmless songs. Yeah. Though that may be argued. Um, <laughs> I don't mind. <laughs> on one side. And then on the other side, you've got the risk for massive disinformation, large scale disinformation that could effectively change people's perception of the truth which could change how they vote, which could totally change the political landscape. Yeah, that's so true. Because obviously you can't control what it's spitting out. So yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see what will happen over the next few weeks. So we might have to catch up on it again. The implication is that if you have 30, 15 year olds and they don't want to write an essay and they put it into chat GPT, are we contributing to an overall dumbing down of our transfer, our knowledge transfer skills? interpretation skills, writing skills and in the dumbing down of our academic development are we going to become more dependent on ChatGPT not knowing from where the data is being scraped. There's going to be an, an a follow-up I suppose with it because it will whether or not it comes in here or gets cancelled here we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Kira Sheehan, thank you so much. Thanks Louise.